the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. God's prophetic plans of his sovereignty over history, over his redemptive plan, that everything happens for a reason and that nothing catches him off guard. Those who hear it are blessed in whatever time or context they live because they see that God does have it under control and they see that God keeps his promises. He will wipe away every tear. He will bring justice to a fallen world. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The anthem for all my life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so delighted that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along in your Bibles if you can. On today's program, Pastor Keith continues with the Future Grace series, an in-depth study of the book of Revelation. So if you have your Bibles... Please turn with us today to Revelation chapter 1. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. You have to be just careful because what is happening here is you're looking at this and saying, well, I need this, so this must be that, and this must be that, and we cannot do that. And this group, uh, this, this flow of thought is where you get things like Christian reconstructionists, that we're going to make the world Christian and then Christ can return, or you get replacement theology that... The church is spiritual Israel when there have been literal, physical promises made to Israel, physical, literal curses, and physical, literal blessings that national Israel received in the past and that national Israel will receive in the future. Because they're under the Abrahamic covenant, a unilateral covenant, which is yet to be completely fulfilled. Because Israel has not received all her land yet. Otherwise, you'd be, they'd be fighting over parts of Saudi Arabia and Iraq right now. And when you start playing with numbers, it's, it's a little worrisome. A thousand years doesn't mean a thousand. What about, what about three days in the tomb? Does that not mean three days? How can it, you can use a number here, but you can't use a number there. What about seven days marching around Jericho? Was that seven ages? And so you see what happens here. You, you start using one interpretive process over here and another interpretive process over there. 
And you have to be really careful when you start spiritualizing things selectively. It becomes problematic. And so we just have to be really careful. You know, the other problem is during the millennium, or, or even if it's a spiritual millennium, Satan is supposed to be in the abyss, unable to deceive nations. So if Jerusalem fell, and that was a partial spiritual return of Christ, and Satan is in the abyss, who is wreaking havoc in the world today? Because if he's in the abyss, he can't deceive nations. That's what the Bible says. Now what the answer to that is, is they say, well, what that means is he can't deceive nations from way down yonder in the abyss, but he can deceive people who make up nations. And I, I just, this is where it becomes, things unravel, because evil is all around us. And so, you just, it, it's, and so we'll, we'll deal with interpretive, with interpretive systems in, more, in greater detail as we move forward. But back to the purpose of the book, which is to uncover, to reveal the things that are to take place, not that have already taken place, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show to his servants the things which must soon take place. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. The title reveals the purpose, the uncovering by Jesus Christ, the revealing of God's redemptive plan as it closes out history, the things that will take place in the future. And it was future because even in verse 11, he tells John, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. That's the seven churches of Asia. Not seven theoretical churches, not seven mystical churches, not seven spiritual churches, but seven literal churches along a certain postal route in the Roman Empire. Now, this is interesting because he's to reveal everything. How different than Daniel. Daniel was to seal up what he saw. John is to write and to reveal everything that he saw. And so it is a revelatory book. You see this in the title. The purpose of the book is revelatory, is to prepare us. It is preparatory. It is, well, it gets into the nature of the book, which is reason number two for reading the book. Reason number two, first reason was it is revelatory, it is preparatory. Second reason is the nature of the book. We have the, we have the purpose of the book, now we have the nature of the book. And the nature of the book is found in, let's say, Revelation 1b and 2. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. As we said already, it's revelatory, not to be redundant. And as such, it is prophetic. It is a prophetic book. We alluded to that a few minutes ago. Let's look again at Revelation 1, 1, verse 3, and verse 11. The revelation of Jesus Christ... Which, he, which God gave him to show to his servants the things which must soon take place. There's the preparatory side of it, and that's the purpose. You know, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. There's the nature of the book. Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. Why? Because God wants them to know what's coming. He is declaring the end from the beginning. He is declaring the future of things not yet taken place, as Isaiah says. The nature of the book is prophetic. It is 
to declare what's coming. As such, it is not mysterious. It is anti-mysterious. It warns. It's a book of warning. It's a book that prepares us. It's written to make things apparent, clear, and understandable as prophecy, the things that must soon take place. As a book that is prophetic and revelatory in nature, it is also a book that ties up loose ends for us. This is the close of the canon of Scripture, the end of the Bible, and by nature it clarifies rather than mystifies. At least that's what God's purpose was, and I'm assuming that he is competent to fulfill that purpose. So it clarifies rather than mystifies. And to that end, it is a book that unifies themes, that ties up loose ends, that provides a final coherence to all that is in the Bible. It is the capstone, the close of the canon of Scripture, the coda. Look at verses 1 through 2 again. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants the things which mu that must soon take place, He made it known by sending his angel to a servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. There's nothing hidden in there. God hasn't said one thing less than he needed to or one thing more than he should have, and he has provided us sufficient revelation, sufficient information, sufficient understanding of what's coming. It is a prophetic book by nature. And that's why we say it ties up loose ends. It coordinates, it correlates the themes and the meaning of the entire Bible and brings it to a glorious concluding chapter that we call the epistle of Revelation. How does it do that? Well, if you've read Revelation, some people say, well, how do I prepare? Do I just read Daniel? Well, Daniel will help. Do I read the, the, the 12 minor prophets? Well, that would help. Do I read the Gospel of Matthew? You know, Matthew 24 and 20, that would help. If you want to understand the book of Revelation, though, try reading your Bible through at least three times because it pulls from every piece and part of the Bible. Let me show you what I mean. It refers to or alludes to the Old Testament more than any other book of the New Testament. And the, the Old Testament is broken into three parts. The Torah, the Nabim, which is the prophets, the Katarim, which are the writings, and Revelation draws from all three of those sections. John's usage comes from Isaiah, from Ezekiel, from the Psalms, from Daniel. Daniel leads the pack. He's, he's also no slouch in the New Testament. He uses Matthew and Luke extensively. It appears that John at this point, remember that the New Testament hadn't been fully collated and compiled yet, but John is fluent, you might say. He uses Matthew and Luke extensively. He uses the epistles like 1 Thessalonians and 1 Corinthians and Colossians and Ephesians. There are some scholars who insist that he's referring to Galatians and to 1 Peter as well and James. So he draws from the whole Bible and he draws it all together in this one, and I, I refer to Revelation metaphorically as the closing chapter of the Bible. He pulls it all together. One of the things that's astounding about it, in so doing, In so doing, not one apocryphal book 
Not one book, apocryphal book from the Roman Catholic Bible is referred to or shows up in the process because there are 66 books in the Bible and he doesn't use other books that aren't biblical. Again, by nature, it is revelatory, not a concealing book. And by nature, it makes known the coming activities of God and Satan, for that matter. Again, like Jesus said, I tell you these things in advance. By nature, it is a record of what God revealed to the apostle, its human author, of what is to take place. By nature, it is a prophetic book, a revelatory book that brings all things to closure for us. It is self-contained. What does that mean? Well, let me pause here for a moment and talk out of both sides of my mouth. If you didn't have any other book of the Bible, you could read the book of Revelation and it would make sense. It was written to people in churches in Asia who did, you know, not everybody had, you know, do you have your ESV? Do you have your NASB? Do you have your KGV? Some people had Old Testament. Some people had some of the epistles. Not everybody had a nice, neatly bound leather or pseudo-leather or vinyl Bible. And this letter was written to prepare these seven churches, and by extension, you and I here today. And you could read it without access to other books, understand its intent, understand its content sufficiently to respond to it. And that's what is implied by the title, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the uncovering, the unveiling, the explanation. And that's what's stated in verse 2. It's a book that helps us make sense of the whole that is the Bible with great clarity. It's a book that helps us make sense of what's coming. And it will do so if you will let it. And it will do so with great consolation and great comfort and great encouragement and great effect. It will bring you joy and not confusing, not confusion. It will bring you peace and not anxiety. That's why I say it is the happiest book in the Bible because it draws it all together. So let's review. Purpose, revelatory. Nature, prophetic and comforting. Reason number three, the effect of the book. The, the effect should be a happy effect. Where do we see the effect of the book? We see the effect in verse 3. What does the text say? What do the words mean? What do we do? Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Let me read that again. Watch it go, blessed the one, blessed those, right? Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. In ancient times, that would be the preacher reading to a church that doesn't have a Bible. And blessed are those, plural, who hear and who keep what is written in it and who respond to it, who listen and obey. Why? Because the time is near and forewarned is forearmed. So, as to its effect... It is a book that blesses. It's designed to bless. It's designed to encourage, and that should not be missed. Verse, verse 3 says this. Those who read it are blessed. Those who read it to other people aloud are blessed. Those who read it for themselves are blessed. 
because they do so in obedience to God's call on their lives. It also blesses those who read and teach it to others. And again, remember this, reading aloud was a New Testament tradition in churches. You read that in the epistles, until I come back, continue reading the scriptures to the people. Because not everyone could have a Bible, not everybody could read. But everybody could understand, right? You go to Nehemiah 8, all who were there were the men and the women and all who could listen and understand. It blesses those who hear it read. Those who hear it are blessed because they find understanding of the future and in the future. Those who hear it are blessed because they find their hearts reassured and their minds informed of God's prophetic plans of his sovereignty over history, over his redemptive plan, that everything happens for a reason and that nothing catches him off guard. Those who hear it are blessed in whatever time or context they live because they see that God does have it under control and they see that God keeps his promises. He will wipe away every tear. He will bring justice to a fallen world. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear and blessed are those who keep what is written in it For because the time is near. It's a book that blesses obedience. God requires obedience, not just sacrifice, not just outward ritual. God expects us to to respond to his word, which is his revealed will. That's what worship is. Worship results when we keep God's word, when we obey God's word, when we hear and respond to God's word. When we worship God as he commands and demands, we are blessed through his obedience. That's why it's a book that blesses. It takes the guesswork out of it. And in terms of effect, it is a book that reassures, it gives hope. You can summarize this book, and you've heard me say it before, and it sounds trite, but it's not. It's profound, it's true, it's a simple truth. It's a comforting truth, it's a hopeful truth. It's a consoling truth. It's an encouraging truth. Jesus wins. It is a book that gives hope. In this world you will have tribulation, but fear not, I have overcome the world. Peace I give you, not peace as the world gives, but peace as I give. That's the book of Revelation. It is the punctuation mark, the final period on the sentence that is the Bible. It is a book that reassures because it it informs and it assures. And as such, it prepares us for the shocks and the bumps in the road yet to come. That is its effect. Revelation is a book that gives hope because it tells us that things will not continue to go downhill this way forever. And as such, it gives hope. And to one extent or another, it provides us relief from anxiety. You know, Franklin Delano Roosevelt once said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And fear can't do anything unless you let it. We trust in God, we keep his word, we let him do the heavy lifting. It's a book that warns of a coming persecution. I think we're seeing the beginnings of that right now. It tells us of the promises of coming relief. 
And it assures us that all the bad things are coming to an end. And you know what else it does for us if we listen to it, if we let it affect us? It reorders our lives around God's priority because the time is near. It's interesting. It makes sense of all the parables, right? It's the point of the parables. Whether it's the parable of the ten virgins, who, some who were ready and some who were not. Or the parable of the talents where God has given certain abilities to people. Some bury them in the sand, some use them. And then the master returns and wants to know what you did with them. That's what Revelation is about. It's a book that calls us to holy living, to, that calls us to a sense of urgency because the time is near. So let's review. It's purpose, revelatory, preparatory. It's nature, prophetic. It's effect, joy. It, 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 it answers our questions. It pulls it all together for us. It gives us a clear understanding of what's coming and it gives us or should add to that peace that surpasses all understanding because it helps us make sense of the world, its direction, and our existence. So, as we move forward in this study, what are you going to do with the book of Revelation? How are you going to handle it? How are you going to respond or react to shiny objects and speculation? Let me give you four suggestions. And you know what? I'm going to throw a fifth one in that's not in the slides. Suggestion number one, be careful how you handle this book. Handle it with care. Be careful. Be careful not to add to or take away from what it has to say because the costs are great. We serve a gracious God. He knows and sees the heart. But some people are reckless. Some people miss the point because of shiny objects. Be careful how you approach this series. Approach it with an open mind. A lot of us hang on to our beliefs because of what our favorite teacher told us. What does the text say? What does the text mean? How then shall we think? How then shall we live? Which brings us to the third uh, application. Be careful how you interpret this book. Fourthly, be careful to enjoy and study and savor and, and become familiar with this book. Enjoy it like a fine meal that gets you ready to do the hard work of ministry. And fifth, pick up and read. Pick up and read. Forget YouTube. Forget whatever email chain you're on. Forget all those shiny objects. Forget all those silly books out there. Pick up and read. For the time is near. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these three verses. We thank you for this epistle that is Revelation. We thank you, Lord, that you are not a God who leaves us in the dark without a witness, without instructions, but has made yourself known to us, has revealed 
your way to us. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, Father. It makes us wise beyond our years. It, it equips us for skillful living. It informs us, Lord. It calls us to holy, urgent living because the time is near. Help us, therefore, Lord, to be found faithful. Help us to live faithful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408 269 4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live Radio program is a listener supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.